0: So I'm going to wake up in a new light, next day doing Encore.
1: Get ready to ignite your passion and unleash your inner innovator. Welcome to the Launch Podcast, the energizing show where we're breaking barriers, building dreams, and sparking positive change in the technology world. Join us on a thrilling ride through cutting-edge technology, visionary insights, and inspiring success stories. From entrepreneurs to founders, from executives to investors, this is your space to empower, create, and embrace the power of community. So buckle up, because together we're fueling the future of innovation here on the Launch Podcast. Let's rock this journey and light up the world of possibilities. Hi, this is Bobby Nims, CEO and founder of Launch. We're excited about our next podcast guest here on the Launch Podcast, connecting with our startup community filled with founders entrepreneurs, and startups. Wanted want to make the introduction to Jay DeWani, founder of The Starters, and really, really excited to jump into a conversation about the e-commerce business, his jump from being in the C-suite to his own startup, and sort of his journey, sort of transitioning from that traditional uh, nine to five to his startup, his startup agency, and his journey. So Jay, welcome. Thank you. Excited to be here. Jay, really quick for our startup community who may not be following you on social media, can you just give a quick sense of your background and maybe a little bit about your journey of what led you to become the founder of The
0: Starters? Yeah, sounds good. So relatively earlier in my career, I graduated from school in 2017, where right out of the gates, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And any good student that doesn't know what they want to do, I joined consulting. So I was in consulting for a couple of years, kind of going coast to coast, doing the travel, really looking to pick up new skills and understand what I enjoy in life. And I was doing healthcare transformations, and I was definitely not passionate about it. But during that journey, I found myself in Atlanta, and I had seen bird scooters for the first time on the streets. And that quickly became my primary way of transporting myself from the hotel to my client's site. Because I just enjoyed starting off my day on a scooter. How was your balance on these things? It was actually pretty good, which is uh, really surprising because I can't skateboard, I can't surf. But the scooter worked out. It was like I was born to to ride a scooter. But I really enjoyed that experience. And I'm like, I found a product that I'm really passionate about. Like, these things are incredible. You can just open up your phone, walk down the street, rent a scooter, and get wherever you want in a fun way. And soon enough, I had my entire project team joining me on those scooters to and from work to and from dinners and it was the first time that I felt super passionate about a project or a product and so I told myself let me just apply to this company and see how it works out so I ended up joining Bird Uh, I took about a 50% pay cut I bought a home when I was in consulting had to sell that off to go join Bird and, and live in a small apartment with four other people But I was always trying to prioritize learning and, you know, not feeling like work was work. Uh, And if I'm learning, then it really feels enjoyable. And that was the case at Bird, kind of going through the startup ecosystem, up and downs. It was the first company to ever achieve a billion-dollar valuation. It was an absolute rocket ship. It was a lot of fun. And so I worked my way through Bird. I ended up joining another similarly, you know, growing startup called FAIR, both of those startups ended up going through high growth experiences, running out of capital, and then slowly going through the process of layoffs, et cetera. In fact, my third week working at FAIR, which SoftBank was a very big investor, and a lot of people are familiar with what happened at WeWork, the rapid rise to layoffs. SoftBank was the big investor. Uh, three weeks into joining FAIR, they had actually laid off 60% of the entire company and pretty much the entire C-suite. I was lucky to still have a job. But again, I had experienced such a rapid growth growing company, just all of a sudden start to fall to shambles. And while I was at FAIR, I was recruited by a VC firm to join Wink, which was an e-commerce business focused in the wine space, both via wine subscription online, as well as building brands in retail. It was my first foray into e-commerce. I joined as director of retention and slowly worked my way through that business to CMO. Where I then left earlier this year to, to create the Starters, which is a, a talent marketplace focused on curated, vetted talent and making them available to brands and founders without any commissions, markups or added fees that you typically see in, in the staffing agency realm. And so it's my first kind of time doing entrepreneurship full time, but I've really been enjoying it now uh, eight months in. What does community mean to you? I think there's a ton of parallel between starters
1: and launch, but I want to start with just sort of collaboration community. What does that mean to you and just overall success for a company?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think first I'll start with kind of uh, what I feel is not the right definition. Uh, I think a lot of people and brands as well, I think, you know, community is creating a Slack group or a Facebook group or some way for people in a particular area to stay in contact with each other. And a lot of the times, that is just for the sake of creating a community. But ultimately, a community has to have kind of a higher, uh, a higher goal outside of just connecting people. It has to be a means for people to improve their lives in a certain way. And for us, you know, having a, a freelancer community, that means how can we better connect freelancers who are in similar situations that don't necessarily have other people in their direct network to share the same sets of problems with, to grow and learn from how they set their rates, how they find clients, etc. And that's actually a reason because of my perspective behind this of why I haven't actually launched that formal quote unquote community or Slack group or way for freelancers to connect with each other on the starters either. Because I know that it is not as simple as just spinning something up like that. You have to give them a means to connect, something to connect for, and then continue to encourage that community. So I think it'll be you know a great aspect of our business, not something that we're doing today. But I'm a big believer in a way that it can impact brands and companies and their growth, as well as the people that those brands and communities and those companies touch, uh, in our case, which are freelancers and brands in the general e-commerce ecosystem.
1: What's your response to change? So kind of acknowledging you've sort of surveyed across a bunch of different verticals. You're now transitioning into, you know, sort of yourself as an entrepreneur startup and leading a company. What's your typical sort of pragmatic approach to change, response to change, and particularly when that change is is creating a lot more challenges or mountains for you to climb?
0: Yeah, I I, I love change. I embrace it. I enjoy the roller coaster that comes with it, and you always learn something new. So I embrace it because I know I'm going to experience a whole different set of things and experiences and, and learn from that. And, you know, the way that I think about it is anticipate the change, raise the chance, anticipate the change, and then adapt and adapt early. For example, the example that I'll give is when I went from Deloitte Consulting to Bird. I'm like, okay, I'm going from a highly corporate, very coddled environment in which I was making a good amount of money for my age into a startup roller coaster, a completely different culture, completely different industry, and making about half what I did before. So, you know, uh, one thing that, of course, like I mentioned, I sold my house I moved in. I was like, I'm not going to have the cash flow I did before. Let me, let me get ahead of this instead of setting myself to be in a poor, poor financial position in the future. And then, you know, even though I embraced that mentality, when I got there, I didn't adapt quickly enough. In fact, within my first three weeks of being a bird, I almost quit. I remember going into a meeting for the first time that I was leading with a bunch of executives. I had prepared a 50 page deck uh, as was traditional to do in consulting. Uh, I wore a nice shirt and um, started to walk through it. And you know, immediately I remember someone had, had stopped me a VP at the company. He's like, you're new here, aren't you? And I froze <laughs> because in front of a room of several executives and, and peers and my manager, that's not what I was expecting. It was a completely different environment. And, you know, in, start, in high-growth startups, you don't spend weeks creating 50-page deck to then present to a big room. It's collaboration. It's a conversation that's brainstorming together. They care less about presentation and creating fancy decks and more about the actual results and decisions that are made in a room. And so that was a learning experience that, that I embraced and that completely changed the way that I operate to a point where I don't think I could go back to the previous way of, Uh, of doing things. So I love change. I learned from it. That's kind of, you know, an example of how not only I embraced it, but I was also surprised by it, but learned it and grew from that experience as well.
1: You know, freelancers, your platform, you know, bringing people together. I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, they feel lonely. And so can you just talk about that transition, even the last six months, where all of a sudden there's a human resource principles, there's a bi weekly sort of paycheck associated with the work and time that you're attributing towards the company to yeah. not being on your own, where you're yeah. trying to prioritize things, you're trying to understand what direction you want to take things in, and you're trying to identify the right people around you to build prospectively a team. Can you just talk about the feeling of being alone and kind of as you reflect over the last couple quarters, you know, last six months, what that's been like for you and, and where you are now?
0: Yeah, luckily, I had some of that experience uh, working at Wink as well, because, you know, my journey there, I quickly made my way to, to being the CMO of, of the organization, where I was 26 years old, the rest of the C-suite was significantly older than I am, the people that I found to be friends and reality peers were two or three levels on my team below me. And so I really felt like in that environment, people that I wanted to to spend time with, I couldn't. And, you know, it was a, it was a very isolating position to be in. So I was kind of I was kind of used to that to a certain extent. And I'd say entrepreneurial, this entrepreneurial endeavor is very similar where nobody else knows the problems and challenges that I face on a day-to-day basis. And there aren't very many people to go to talk to. Now, this is actually a little bit better where there are more solo entrepreneurs in this world that are younger and just trying to find their way and make it versus there were very few uh, 26-year-old public company CMOs that kind of dealt what I was dealing with and had the experience level that I had. Well, so in like- a way... I found a network of great entrepreneurs that I can help kind of balance and, and uh, discuss, and you know they understand the issues that I'm going through. I understand the issues that they're going through, and that's been incredibly helpful. But a part of my experience at Way kind of prepared me for for this a little bit, where this doesn't even seem uh, nearly as bad because there are people out there, and you know I've enjoyed creating an audience and a network on Twitter, on LinkedIn, engaging with those people, meeting them in real life, um, and really finding people who have now come to be friends based off of similar sets of life experiences in, in the business and entrepreneurial world. I think I read
1: or you may have mentioned to me kind of vetting the freelancers on the starter. And I, what I'm kind of curious is just as you pick talent, you identify talent or even entrepreneurs out there, like they're trying to prospectively build a team and there's a combination of, you know, the right passion with the right skills. What kind of path do you take? And not only just identifying a freelancer, but in general, as you're prospectively looking at building your team, And a combination of things what do you look for to ensure kind of overall success but also like extension of the culture that you're trying to establish and build as a new company
0: yeah i think i think you kind of hit on a little bit so i think people when building a team they over index on technical skill set and i believe that a base of competence is required in good team members but that doesn't necessarily mean they have to have the exact technical skill set that an ideal person in this role would need to have. They need to have competence. They need to have the ability to learn quickly. Those two things are incredibly important to me and answer the question of, will they eventually be able to do this well, exceedingly well? Um, And i much rather take somebody who is hungry to learn, very eager, very competent over somebody who's done this 20, 30 times before, because the latter is going to be more stuck in their ways and the former is going to be open to listening and to learning. So that's one piece of it. The other piece of it um, is going to be incentive alignment. So no matter how great somebody is, when you're bringing them on, you have to make sure that your incentives as a business are aligned with their incentives as an individual. So understand why they're interested in the opportunity. Are they interested in learning in your industry? Are they seeing this as a way for them to grow within the company and earn a leadership role more quickly? Are they joining your company because they think the equity is going to be worth a lot of money? Are they more financially driven? What are their incentives to joining and are they aligned with yours? And is their compensation structure and their incentive structure aligned with what they want and what you want as well? No matter how good of a hire you make, if the incentive structures aren't aligned, they will likely leave or not try as hard. And the third, of course, is going to be culture fit. And I see culture more than just a set of values that you put on a, you put on a poster on, on, on the, on the door. I really see it as, you know, every company values certain things over others, but those don't really come to life until you spend time with somebody. So I'm a big fan of, if you're hiring somebody, spend time with them outside of an interview setting, see how they interact. If you value mm-hmm. decisiveness in your culture, and you take them out to a meal and they spend twenty minutes trying to decide what they want on the menu, they're probably not going to be the <laughs> well, right. Well, Jay,
1: how well yeah. they ride on a scooter? I feel like that should be part of the humor. <laughs> I need you to go from point A to point <laughs> B, right? And just do some kind of scavenger
0: hunt on scooters in a city somewhere. You know, like I think that be- you know it's funny because uh, my first day at Bird, they actually had us do a scavenger hunt on a scooter all around Venice, LA. So that that was part of their onboarding process. That's awesome.
1: All right. So as we kind of like to wrap up this podcast, you know, just a couple of questions and I the e-commerce industry, it's constantly evolving and changing. I think for a lot of entrepreneurs and startups, particularly as a launch platform evolves and grows and, and people start with an idea, industry changes, uh, marketplace changes. And sometimes we get too married to an idea or a product and we have to evolve and change. So A, how do you get ahead? You mentioned kind of proactively planning, contingency planning, perspective planning a little bit around making sure you're positioned for change, right? I think that's part of it, but as, As you're growing or starting a product, how important is it to kind of take that influence or customer feedback or the voice of the customer or what the market's telling you and kind of evolve your product, even if it's going to retrospectively be in another direction? How important is that to evolve and be successful and ensure that positioning for companies is where it needs to be in the future?
0: incredibly important you can't be emotionally tied to what you built and the most important thing is understanding what has gotten you here will not get you to that next stage you have to evolve you have to do things differently it's a different skill set it's potentially a different product it's potentially an entirely different company because in a way that we've implemented that you know I I launched this business very quickly in a very scrappy way to get to market we got six eight months of customer feedback we understand what was good what wasn't we're actually completely relaunching our site this week. It's going to be completely different, and it's going to take us to that next stage of growth. I already have the next evolution plan for January. I know exactly how we're going to do things incredibly differently to take us even further to that next stage of growth. So I think really understanding, both from a personal perspective as well as a company perspective, what has gotten you here today will not get you to that next stage of growth is really important. And then listening to customer feedback adapting, as long as you have that mentality it becomes a lot easier because you're no longer married to what you've done in the past. Uh, you're more so looking out to what you're gonna be doing differently and better in the future.
1: You mentioned the sort of the brand refresh of the starters. You know, I'm kind of curious just a little bit there, like when you think about the identity and the mission for you guys. Can you just share with the audience what that's going to be? And even just as you mentioned sort of next year, what that looks like for your company.
0: Yeah, I mean, this business was founded on helping founders grow their companies more sustainably. And the way that we do that is through access to elite, but affordable talent. And that's the entire ethos of what we're built on is how can we help businesses grow more sustainably? We happen to be in the e-commerce sector. We happen to do it via freelancers, but that's the one thing about this business that's never going to change. We could move to full-time roles in the future. We could move into more tech products in the future, but this company was built off of how can we help founders grow their businesses more sustainably? Uh, it was built off of my experiences at Berg, Fair, and Wink, hiring, going through rapid growth cycles to at Wink, where I had to go and lay off dozens of team members over the months as things started going not so well. Uh, and reflecting on what we could have done better and what tools and systems and companies would have helped me along that journey. So that's what we're founded based off of now, how we do that, what industry we we fit in may change in the future, but this business was built to help other founders grow their businesses more sustainably. And that's our doing today.
1: So awesome. And I I think I kind of, as we sort of wrap this up, I want to A, just share the, the audience and the date of this score. it's actually Jay's birthday. So happy birthday. Thanks that you're able to spend some time with us probably on an incredibly busy day and hopefully you'll be able to spend some time, quality time with your friends and family uh, later on today and celebrating your birthday. But to make, to humanize you, cause I think a lot of people are going to now go to your LinkedIn page or look you up. What motivates you? So overall success, right? If I think about the starters, like, you know, there's a revenue, there's a revenue mark, there's a, you know, a, you know, a acquisition per cost. There's like, you know, level of foot traffic, number of users, right? Clients, etc. But like overall for you motivation, what does that look like? What does that feel like? Where do you get it from? Is it from a family member? Is it from an event? Can you just kind of share with our, our audience or startup community like, what, yeah. what, what drives
0: you? What, what has motivated me has changed significantly over the years. When I was growing up, even to the point where I was getting into college, I just wanted to be famous and leave this big mark on the world. I'm like, I'm going to drop out of school, become a huge startup founder, run for president. That has changed. As I got a little bit older, I got into consulting. I experienced what a nice life to be, could be like. I'm like, I want to be really rich. Like, that is my goal now. I want to do yachts and private jets and all that. That has now changed again, where I've just come to recognize, you know, how valuable time is in your life. And what I now prioritize is how can I spend my time in ways that I enjoy. And that is my number one motivator in Entrepreneurship is the most freeing thing for me. I get to do what I want, when I want, I get to impact people in a positive way and I truly enjoy my day to day. So as long as I get to keep doing what I enjoy and enjoy my time and my life, like that's that's what I'm prioritizing more so than anything. And that's coming to life and in, in building this business today and seeing the impact that I can make on other founders. So as of right now, what's motivating me is making sure that I'm spending every second of my life doing something that is that is enjoyable and something that I don't dread. Today's a Monday morning. It's not like I went to bed on a Sunday evening having Sunday scaries or dreading the week. I was really looking forward to to getting back to work. So that's what motivates me today. Um, I, I feel like this process has been really enjoyable. It's been difficult, but ultimately enjoyable and gratifying. And that's that's probably what's motivating me.
1: Yeah, again, I, I totally agree. I feel like people should have that time to work on what they want, where they want, when they want. And equivocally, people who work on things they're passionate about do better work. People who identify what they want to work on with the skills they want to work on. They enjoy the work even more. So I think your message is inspiring and absolutely will resonate with with our audience. And again, CEO and founder of The Starters, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Bobby. Enjoy the conversation. I want to thank our audience and all the trailblazers out there for joining us on the exhilarating journey through the world of technology and innovation. Remember, the power to change the game is in your hands. Stay charged, stay inspired, and keep breaking barriers because we're just getting started on this launch journey with all of these startups. Join us next time for another episode filled with sparks of brilliance and boundless opportunities. And until then, keep dreaming big, stay curious, and keep pushing the boundaries. Together, we'll shape a future that's brighter, bolder, and more inclusive. Keep that energy high and see you on the next episode of the Launch Podcast. Be well.